This is LaQuest, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hi, I'm Christina Cano with Look West. I'm joined by my colleague Talitha de Mesa. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. So, November is Native American Heritage Month. And I think this month is not only about honoring Native Americans and their contributions, but also acknowledging the history of atrocities they have endured. I share that sentiment, Christina. They have gone through far too much. Murder is actually the third leading cause of death for Native American women. In 2019, over 5,500 Native American women were reported missing. It is a huge problem because of jurisdiction issues and lack of resources, but California is stepping up to tackle this issue. I met with Morningstar Gali, a Native American activist who we were fortunate enough to have met considering what she has been through. My name is Morningstar Gali. I am a Jumali band of Pitt River. I am currently residing on Nisanan Miwok and Maidu tribal lands. Uh, I am a survivor of both uh, domestic violence and a survivor of sexual assault. Um, I am a community organizer and work with families um, throughout Northern California in supporting uh, their needs and efforts to address the intersections of the crisis of missing and murdered Indigenous women and relatives. Um, it's, it's very a very sensitive topic. Um, I can just speak to my own personal experience as a survivor of both domestic violence and sexual assault that I uh, previously was in a relationship where it was somebody that I had known um, for over 15, 16 years and um, was a close uh, friend of one of one of my family members. And um, I was involved in, in a romantic relationship with them and it was uh, very shortly in, and, and this was somebody that I was um, involved in ceremony with, that I would take my children and we would go and um, participate in a lot of the ceremonial uh, preparation, that we were uh, participating in regular family cer- ceremonies and spent you know the weekends um, doing our traditional cultural activities. And so I, you know, I did not understand at at the time when the relationship started turning um, extremely violent. It it was, it was during the time actually of, of Standing Rock, of the Standing Rock occupation. So I was out of state um, at that time with my children. And I was being told um, that this person that was in my home and I was calling the local sheriffs, department and saying, look, I'm receiving these threats. This person is in my home. Um, I understand that they may have a warrant out for their arrest. Um, I do not want them in my home. And I was told um, just because they have a warrant, just because you don't want them in your house doesn't mean that we're going to take any action. Uh, And so they said, you know, you have to file for a restraining order. Um, It was at a time where I felt that I was leaving an extremely violent environment in Standing Rock and all that we had to experience and endure in terms of the uh, paramilitary surveillance and being tear gassed for protecting the, you know, standing to protect the water 
Um, I was in this camp of, you know, this extremely um, violent environment and I left one violent environment and walked into another violent environment within my home where I, uh, I was assaulted physically, where I had been, I had been body drug out of my car and body slammed and I immediately called 911. I immediately did everything that I was supposed to do in, in terms of um, reporting the incident. And the sheriff's department was 75 miles away from um, my home. And so they cover, you know, an, an extremely large rural county area. And so um, I fled my home. I went and filed the restraining order, went to the local uh, domestic violence service area, um, filed for the restraining order. I was receiving a number of threats and told if I didn't come home that my house would be burnt down, that relatives of mine would be shot and killed, that you know we have a number of traditional uh, baskets and cultural items that um, are not replaceable. And so I was told if I didn't come home that those items would be burned. Uh, so I had to return home. I didn't feel that I had any other option at the time, and I still had to continue to work as well. And the sad reality is, this is something that happens all too often. It is very unfortunate, Christina, and these women deserve justice. You know, I don't feel like my experience is is unique um, in any way. I think that this is um, a challenge that many California Native women face, that many um, Indigenous women face in terms of the high rates of violence, in terms of the high rates of sexual assault um, on, on Indigenous women. But now, thanks to Assemblymember James Ramos and his legislation to develop law enforcement training on policing and investigations on tribal lands, there is some hope for these women. AB 3099 was our first um, initial bill to address the missing and murdered Indigenous women, Indigenous persons uh, missing um, on federal Indian reservations and Indian communities in the state of California and the nation. Um, AB 3099 once signed into law, now gives direction to the attorney general to work with the local policing agencies um, to ensure that they understand the jurisdictions that they have and to make sure why, if there is any roadblocks to um, fulfilling and investigating the missing and missing persons on Indian reservations and uh, Indian communities. And so we were able to get that bill through, and then we got $5 million allocated to collect the data. One of the things that when we started moving it through the state legislature, different um, committees were asking for statistical data. How many missing and murdered Native American women are there, right? Is it a true epidemic? And we found that a lot of data wasn't collected throughout the state of California. Data was collected throughout the United States and other federal type um, nonprofits, but not in the actual office of the attorney general. So we set out to collect that data, start working um, through the attorney general's office with, um, with tribal uh, police, tribal security, tribal um, investigators to make sure that people truly understand um, the jurisdiction to fulfill and make sure that we bring closure to um, the missing and murdered indigenous women and persons on Indian reservations that has been going on in Indian country for many years. We've known about it growing up. I mean, it's been generational. 
but it, it took uh, myself to get elected into the state legislature as the first California Indian person to start to move on these issues and bring some advocacy around them. Morningstar Galley says the press conference to announce the new law and $5 million in new funding gave voice to Native Americans suffering from neglect. We were able to coordinate um, a number of family members of missing and murdered Indigenous women, a number of survivors themselves, a number of um, survivor uh, advocates and, and family members and have them attend that press conference for AB 3992. And it was actually the first time that we were able to center um, survivors and center survivor stories where they were able to share within their own words, um, their own experiences. We were able to gather in prayer and, and offer some songs. I think that, you know, so often when families are, are experiencing how to navigate through all of this, that that um, they feel very alone and they feel very siloed. And so, you know, there is an opportunity um, for individuals, for families, for tribes, for tribal communities to, to feel supported and to feel that there are resources that are going to be available in, in addressing and filling all of these gaps that exist today. Assemblymember Ramos confirmed this legislation is long overdue as he began writing the Native American Crime Prevention Initiative. We started looking at the, the research and the data that was out there across the United States. Missing and murdered Indigenous women, we found that here in California, areas like San Francisco and the Bay Area were number 10th on the list, showing that there was a high population here. But we know that California is home to more individual Native Americans than any other state in the nation. So we had to do something and to make sure they were acting on it. Originally, the bill was geared towards um, enforcement of non-tribal members um, committing acts, criminal acts on federal Indian reservations and holding them accountable. So we had to then back off to collect the data, and then we're going to come back and strengthen the law for those that are um, bringing criminal activity to federal Indian reservations. Historically, the DOJ doesn't have the greatest reputation with Native American communities. We spoke to the director of the Office of Native American Affairs at the California Department of Justice, Mary Lopez Kiefer, to get some insight on that relationship and how the DOJ will help. It is a massive undertaking. Uh, many Californians are not aware that we have 176 tribal governments in California. Um, that's 109 federally recognized tribes, meaning those tribes have a relationship with the federal government, a trust relationship, and we have 67 non-federally recognized tribes that are listed on the list contact, or that are on the contact list for the Native American Heritage Commission. And those are tribes that all have um, roles and are acknowledged for their being a California Native American tribe. Uh, in addition, <laughs> we have the largest population of Native Americans and Alaska Natives in California. Um, so that's not just the hundred reservations and rancherias we have in California, but includes the, uh, I believe, 482 cities we have uh, and 58 counties. So the undertaking for the missing, murdered Native American um, crisis survey uh, and study is all encompassing. It is not just focused on um, Indian lands, it's uh, in reservations and rancherias. 
it's our urban areas and our suburban areas. So it is a massive undertaking. Um, the, the way the statute is written is that uh, the DOJ has until 2025 uh, to present a final report to the legislature. Um, we are looking at how, because we are benefiting from the work that's being done by the federal government and uh, fellow states, um, if we are going to actually present uh, multiple reports um, to the legislature uh, so that it can have immediate impact. Um, because this is a, a, a national crisis and we wanna be responsible in our reporting. To Mary, this issue hits close to her heart. So I'm a member of the San Luis Rey Band of Mission Indians, uh, a California Native American tribe that is traditionally and culturally affiliated with the Northern uh, portion of San Diego County and Camp Pendleton. Um, and so it, it's very personal uh, how the state has uh, treated my ancestors and uh, how they're going to treat my descendants. Um, Governor Newsom apologized for the first time um, from the state of California to uh, California Native Americans uh, for the genocide, the participation the state um, was, was part of for the genocide against California Native Americans. Um, and that kind of acknowledgement is powerful. Um, and I know that that did a lot for improving relationships between the state of California and uh, tribal governments and tribal people. Um, there are many new uh, policies and laws being put in place to uh, support tribes um, and tribal people. Um, and when it comes to uh, land, when it comes to our children, uh, education, um, these are all very important. Uh, and the Department of Justice does play a role um, in, in building back these relationships because the Department of Justice and the Attorney General's office plays two very distinct roles. One, we are a law firm. <laughs> we represent um, many state agencies and constitutional officers, um, but we also act in our own independent capacity uh, for the benefit of the state of Cal the people of the state of California. Um, and so in many ways, making sure that our clients um, are aware of the, the history of California and how it's interacted with native um, nations uh, and what they can be doing and how they should be approaching um, tribes in their work uh, is something that the Department of Justice is doing. So uh, I like to think that as a state agency, we are doing the best we can uh, and being as inclusive in our advice to our clients, um, but also in in fighting for what's right for supporting tribal sovereignty. Uh, for instance, we recently filed an amicus brief in uh, Brackeen versus Holland, which is a case that's specifically involving the Indian Child Welfare Act, um, supporting tribe sovereignty and in supporting the fact that children um, need to be protected um, and, and encouraged to be a part of uh, tribal communities. So uh, with the work that we're doing with AB 3099, um, I'm hopeful that those relationships will only 
um, improve and, and become truly mutually respectful. Mary shared that some counties already started. The exciting part about Sheriff Hansel's work in Humboldt County um, and other sheriffs in the state is that they're uh, realizing the true value. Um, they're seeing the, the benefits of having these relationships with uh, tribal governments and tribal law enforcement, that they can be um, together. They make such a stronger team and they provide more safety uh, and protection for our citizens when they work together and they respect one another. Um, and that is through his efforts, as well as say uh, Yurok uh, tribal government and tribal police and the Hoopa Valley um, tribes, uh, tribal government and tribal police. These types of partnerships um, are an example for the rest of the state. Humboldt County Sheriff Billy Hansel is already implementing what this bill is formalizing. Yeah, so that's something that has been in place for um, decades here at the sheriff's office. And what we did re more recently is that we made it more of, of a formal agreement that we are actually bringing in tribal officers, instead of giving them blanket deputization powers, we're bringing them into our sheriff's office, putting them through the full training program. And so if you get um, a call for service in one of the tribal entities and tribal land, I could send a deputy sheriff or a tribal officer and they're equally trained equally supervised, has the same policies. So literally they would have the same level of service, whether it's a tribal officer that's deputized or a deputy sheriff. So it's continuity, you know, uh, uh, across the board, as well as, you know, consistency. If they, if the deputy sheriffs that are, that are reserved deputies for tribal officers, if they get, you know, um, enough evidence to support a crime, they don't have to even involve a, a, a humble county sheriff they can take that case from the very beginning all the way through to the district attorney's office and through prosecution so you know that is very important and, and i think it lends credibility to tribal officers and the community i think this is a great step forward and glad that these measures are being taken absolutely as you heard directly from members of the native american community and law enforcement it looks like we are headed in the right direction hopefully we'll be able to tackle these issues with the help of the Attorney General and the legislature to continue to make sure that when we talk about safety for all California Indian people, all Californians in general, that the Indian people are included when we're talking about those issues. I think California has, has an opportunity to lead in, in this area, especially now with the Attorney General um, uh, Bonta um, fully on board with, with moving forward on uh, missing and murdered indigenous women and persons on Indian reservations. We have an opportunity to la lead the way here in the state of California to show other states how to, be, how to deal with the local tribes, um, not just in the missing and murdered indigenous persons on reservations, but talking about mental health, suicide prevention, telling the history of California's first people in the school systems. That goes a long way. Because then, through the history, we would acknowledge that historical trauma that's been going on. Abuse to our people is not something new. Missing and murdered indigenous women has been brought to the forefront by Native American people. But the atrocities that have been inflicted upon our people, crimes going unsolved, assaults and batteries on reservations, that's why we need to make sure that we're holding and hopefully get to that point where we're holding non-Native American people accountable for the criminal acts that they actually perpetrate on federal Indian reservations here in the state of California. And when we get to that point, then we will be leading the nation. 
We want to give a special thanks to all of our guests. We appreciate Morningstar Galley, Marie Lopez Kiefer, Humboldt County Sheriff Billy Hansel, and Assemblymember James Ramos. I'm Christina Cano. And I'm Talitha DeMessa. And you're listening to Look West. The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian politics, remember to look west. <laughs>